Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy. And in today's episode, I am sort of re-airing a Facebook and Instagram Live that I did last Wednesday with Dr. Mark Milligan, all about telehealth. So a little bit more about Mark. He is a board-certified, fellowship-trained orthopedic physical therapist. He specializes in the intelligent prevention and treatment of all human movement conditions. He is full-time clinician with multiple patient populations and is the founder of Revolution Human Health, a nonprofit physical therapy network helping others create the best patient experience and outcomes through his continuing education company. Specializing in microeducation is also a passion. His latest venture is creating an easy pathway to access healthcare for providers and patients with anywhere.healthcare. This is a telehealth platform. He is an active member of the Texas PTA, APTA, and AOMPT and has great interest in pain epidemic, public health, population health, and government governmental affairs. I should also mention that he is also on the PPS COVID task force. So if you want to get the most up-to-date information on how the COVID uh, pandemic is affecting physical therapists in private practice, you can find that at the private practice sections website. It's all free, even for non-members. All right, now on to today's podcast. Like I said, this is a recording from the Facebook Live that we did uh, last week, and in it we talk about uh, what is telehealth, we talk about how to set up telehealth, how to implement telehealth, how to uh, conduct a telehealth session for an initial eval or for a follow-up. We talk about uh, how to get paid for telehealth, and this is the information that we knew at the time that was last Wednesday. Like I said, things are moving really, really quickly here. So the best thing to do, and Mark says this, is to check with your individual insurance providers, check with your state. Uh, Things are moving really, really fast. Um, And of course, finally, we talk about, answer a lot of viewer questions. So a big thanks to Mark, and I think this is really timely, and I hope that all physical therapists, that if you're listening to this, that you can set up and implement your telehealth practice ASAP. Thanks for listening. So today we're talking about how to implement telehealth into your physical therapy practice. As we all know, the uh, COVID-19 virus is causing a lot of disruption in healthcare, and we're hoping that telehealth can help at least mitigate some of that interruption for the sake of our patients, for the sake of our own practices and for our businesses and for our profession. So Mark, what I would love for you to do is can you just talk a little bit more about yourself, where you're coming from and why we're doing this interview? So Mark Milligan, Austin, Texas, physical therapist, board certified, fellowship trained, but also for the last few years have stepped into a telehealth space and have Anywhere Healthcare, which is a digital platform for delivering healthcare. Um, it's agnostic to providers, so PTs, mental health providers, anybody that needs a HIPAA compliant platform to connect with patients. So the current situation is it's pretty mind blowing, right? We're seeing a, a, a world changing uh, epidemic that will change the landscape of healthcare as we know it today. Um, 
for several reasons. One is that people will be now exposed to a delivery of care method that they weren't otherwise exposed to before. So telehealth and telept and telemedicine have been out there for a long time. Teledoc started in, in 1987, somewhere in there. So it's been around for a, a long time, but the rapid adoption of telehealth is really uh, ra- uh, occurring right now. Uh, for physical therapists, what we need to know and what are the most important things right now are how it applies to us in this landscape. How can we be the best providers to meet our patients' demand to help quell fear, doubt, and anxiety um, for our patients as well as as providers in our businesses? Um, and so stepping into this space, is, it's been a little bit overwhelming. It's been a nonstop 70, well, 96 hours, really. Um, and so everything that I say today may or may not be true in four hours or tomorrow because of how fast things are changing. So, um, yeah, I think that tees it up. You want to kick it off? After yeah. That? yeah. No, I think that's, that's great. That's perfect. So let's start out with, we got uh, a number of questions from people, um, from different therapists from around the country. Um, and I think let's start with the number one question is, how do you actually set it up? Totally. Basic 101. So let's start with that. Right. So the first thing you have to make sure is that you have patients that want this. And right now, everybody wants that, right? So patient adoption of technology can be challenging, especially especially generational. So the issue with and um, yeah, pre-COVID has been adoption by by therapists and by patients just because of ease of use. Now it's a, it's a forced adoption. So now we're in a setup where we where people are going to want this um, regardless of whether or not they want it. So first thing is patient population. Second thing is you need to look at your business, right? You need to look at your patient workflow and your business flow. So you need to have the appropriate, from a business standpoint, you need to have a, a liability to make sure that you're covered in the telehealth space. So in my experience over the past few years, almost every liability insurance um, cover doesn't see telehealth as a, as a different del- uh, delivery mode for physical therapy. But with everything changing rapidly, it would, be real, it would be highly advised that you contact your liability insurance provider and make sure that telehealth is approved as, as, and you're covered. All right, so that's logistics. Secondly, you need paperwork. You need onboarding paperwork for digital visits. You'll need a uh, telehealth consent form and you'll need a digital release form. And if you're recording visits, you need to have a very specific form that uh, that allows you to record patient visits. Some states don't allow recording, some, uh, and so you have to be very mindful of that. So onboarding paperwork, it's, it's good to have in fillable PDFs so that a patient can fill it out and then send it back to you digitally, um, making sure that that transmission is, um, is secure. You can also have e-faxes, right? So they can electronically fax to you uh, over a secure portal as well. So just basic things that we haven't really thought about as providers, we need to adopt as mobile providers, right? So, oh, go ahead. And I was gonna say, so when we're talking about who is the best, what is the easiest way for us as a clinician to get that paperwork? Right, so they can email me. I've got a telehealth consent. I've got um, a, I've got that. So they can just email me at marketanywhere.healthcare. Um, and I can send, I'm, I've been sending that out over Facebook, but I'm happy to share that with people. Uh, of course you need to make sure and adapt it for your state and your practice. It's a word doc, so you can switch out the logos and everything, but, um, I'm happy to provide that for people so they can pass that, uh, that step. And then one more question on paperwork and, and things like that. So when we are, uh, calling our 
insurance, our liability insurance carriers, mm -hmm. aren't there specific questions we need to ask them? Or like, what is the best way to have that conversation with our liability insurance providers? Right. Just say in this facing time that we're starting to provide care digitally, am I covered for providing telehealth as a physical therapist? Simple, straightforward. Yep. Okay. Digital care. And yep. Digital physical. Got it. Yep. So you may already be covered in your current policy. It might be part of your current policy. You just don't know it. Right. And then if you're not, is that then added as a rider to your? Yes. Typically, it's a very inexpensive rider. Okay. Yeah. All right. So before we set everything up, we get our liability coverage mm -hmm. covered and we get consent forms, which can email to you or you can share them on Facebook under this post. It's whatever you feel more, most comfortable with or what might be easiest. Totally. Um, and then we do what? Yeah. <laughs> so we've got that. We got the paperwork covered. Right. Now what? So you're sending that out to the patient. So they need to agree to, to be treated digitally. Right now, it's really an interesting space. Um, the CMS has waived temporarily HIPAA privacy with when it comes to digital communication. Mm -hmm. um, can't stress this enough that this is a temporary um, wave in, in the absence of mass um, abilities to communicate for HIPAA compliant platforms. That, patient, that people are able to communicate via other means of non-HIPAA compliant video software. So right now, Skype and FaceTime are considered, and um, uh, what's the other one that everybody uses? Zoom. Uh, Zoom, uh, yeah, Zoom. And those well-known platforms are, are open and able, although Zoom just increased their prices <laughs> yesterday. Um, yeah, so I would argue that you could use the, what's free and what's available right now in preparation as you prepare after this is over you'll need to go back to HIPAA compliance so in the immediacy video platforms are readily available across all you cannot use public facing video platforms like TikTok or other things that mass put out your video or Instagram live or well, Facebook live you can't have your patient you can't have your patient treatment right. sessions over live video right that you mean it sounds it sounds obvious but you never know what people will do right okay. you can do no, a giant good. group session you can just do a, gr a giant group session mm -hmm. I'm gonna train everybody on the east coast of the America on a Facebook live yeah okay right. all right so good to know so right. no social media lives like we're right. doing right now right. but for the time being during this uh outbreak we can use facetime we can use zoom we can use um facebook zoom skype right, right. totally okay. and okay. you need to make sure that in your notes and documentation for your intake software or your intake paperwork that you are wait that the patient is waiving their hipaa rights during this time uh, due to the COVID outbreak and you are using this unsecured software and you will return to it as soon as possible, right? Okay. So this is a window. This isn't something that will last. And right. so you need to note for your own CYA that you are you acknowledge the existing COVID uh, scenario and that you will prepare for post that with, with okay. the compliant platform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So technology, on the technology side, it's really easy because you can plug and play as long as you get someone's uh, uh, if they have an iPhone or if they have Skype, easy setup, you can connect technology there. So once you get the form signed, you have the informed consent, the HIPAA, um, the HIPAA included waiver as well to make sure that they understand that they're on an, un they have to understand and agree to an unsecured network. Okay. Even though you can provide it, some people may not want it because FaceTime, that's all easily hackable, right? So, um, 
So they may not or may they may, they may not want to uh, agree to that. So you just have to be transparent with them in, in your services. Okay. Okay. Right. Excellent. So once you get that, I mean, it's really a matter of getting the patients. Depending on your system, everybody's so different. So if you're if you are a concierge PT and you're practicing out there for a fee for service, cash based, you handle all your own scheduling. When it comes for their time, you just flip them and you just call them on FaceTime, right? You collect their face, their number, and you connect that way and you do your treatment, which we'll talk about in a bit. Mm-hmm. Some other scheduling systems, you may have to, you know, type in a telehealth visit in your scheduling system or have some type of uh, demarcation for a telehealth visit versus an in-person visit. Um, and so work with your scheduling software, work with who you work with in order to uh, make sure that that's appropriate so you can have the right amount of, or the right type of scheduling so you know where to go and what to do and how to bounce it. Uh, billing, again, for the concierge practices out there, this is fee-for-service. Um, telehealth doesn't take as long as normal te- as normal PT, so I have my hourly rate broken down into 15-minute increments because it's roughly about 15 to 30 minutes is a, an average telehealth follow-up. Evaluations can last 40 to 50 minutes, but it just completely depends. So fee-for-service, it's really straightforward. You just charge per time per minute, right? Okay. A dollar, a dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars a minute, two fifty a minute, depending on your price point. Okay. All right. So now let's get into so knowing how to actually set it up. So we've got a lot of these different things. What are some other platforms? I know um anywhere dot healthcare doxy.me. Yep, doxy.me, coview. So anywhere dot healthcare is the platform that I created. Um, it's straightforward right now. I'm offering it at $10 a month, unlimited use, um, for anybody for three months while onboarding everybody. Um, so to, to help people get to see patients, doxy.me, um, actually has a free version where that's a, a room where people meet. So you can actually sign up. You, uh, the patient is sent a link, they click on a link and it drops them right in a meeting room. Super convenient, super easy. There's no bells and whistles and it's free right now. So you can do that. I think a couple of other platforms I've seen throughout the Facebook live, uh, Facebook groups that I'm in, a few platforms are pushing out uh, free um, entry level software right now. So it's everywhere. So um, I And you think can also use G Suite. G Suite, right? So G Suite, if you have a BAA with, with Google, you can use Google Meet. Um, Right now, actually, with the with the um, HIPAA waiver that's happening right now, you could actually use Google Hangout. That would be a, another appropriate uh, thing to use, as long as the other person has a G Suite or Google doc, uh, Google Suite downloaded on their computer. Okay. So there are lots of there's literally lots of options now. There there are other companies that offer other features, right? As you get into anywhere.healthcare, not only as a platform but also as a billing feature and a scheduling feature. Doxy.me, if you upgrade to the higher levels, has a scheduling feature, a messaging feature, all types of stuff. So it really, uh, looking for different platforms, you need to be do, do your due diligence and test them out to see what fits your practice best. Okay. I mean, some, some have exercises that are completely a part of the package that you can just have an HEP that sends right out from the program. Um, some have an actual uh, range of motion measuring system so people can move their arm or their body in front of them. Uh, then, um, then they can actually measure range of motion live on camera, which is pretty cool. Um, so it just really depends on the need for your your practice and also the practice size. Got so, it. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of options for people going from free to low priced to... $200 a month for, for HIPAA compliant Zoom, right? right. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So lots of options there for people. So we know we need 
some onboarding paperwork. We need to call our liability insurance carriers to see if they cover telehealth presently. And if they don't, then we need to ask them to put an addendum on and you can, they can do that immediately. It doesn't take like 30 days for that to happen, right? Should be immediate. Okay. And so once we have all of the right paperwork and everything, um, we decide what platform we're going to use. And you just gave a whole bunch of different platforms that people mm -hmm. can use. So all of those platforms are pretty easy to set up. And like you said, you send a link to the patient, they drop in and boom, there you go. And at this time we can use Facebook and Skype and, and or not Facebook, sorry, <laughs> Facebook. We can use Skype, Skype, regular Zoom, um, FaceTime, all that. Okay. All right. Now. You may need other equipment though. You may, depending yes. on your situation, you may need, uh, so some people, a desktop versus a computer or versus a tablet versus a phone all matter, right? So a desktop computer tends to be really well for you to have good communication and see the patient really well. But it's also very challenging for me to move my desktop to show somebody how to get on the floor and exercise, right? So the part of being a, a, a digital physical therapist is that you have to be able to move and your equipment has to move with you. So some people use I you know some people use a selfie stick to demonstrate exercises right some people have um, a, one of those little iPhone holders that can be moldable or wrap around something so they can have different angles or show people at different places so understand that a desktop can be good for this face-to-face -face interaction and, and the and the immediate uh, subjective interview but maybe moving towards the objective exam or, or showing the exercise parts you may want to find or have a different device that's more mobile um, okay. So just thoughts for that. And you also need to think about your area or your headphones, your microphone and your lighting that can all add or take away from the experience of the digital experience. So making sure that you have those things I use, I'm old school. I just use the old wired earbuds. They, when you're on the computer a long time, the wireless can die, right? And then all of a sudden you don't have new headphones. So I'm always a fan of just good old fashioned things that won't die on you after a long day of work. So something to think about. You also may want to get a, a, a tripod to hold up your computer, or you can get a standing desk. So you, there's lots of options in that space. Um, but also, you have to be considerate of your backdrop. I love your backdrop that you have there in New York, Karen, with the with the uh, cherry tree. That's mm -hmm. all. And cherry blossoms. That's awesome. I just have a plain white wall. Um, just be mindful of the environment that you're delivering this care in. Right. You don't want you to be distracted. You don't want the patient to be distracted. You need to connect with the patient. Some of the key things that you need to think about are the connection that you're going to have with a patient. Something you can do easier face-to-face. -face, it's challenging to get the connection and to have the emotional connection with the patient via digital care. So setting up the environment for not only you to feel safe and, and that you feel comfortable that you're, no one's going to bust in, but also your patient needs to feel safe in that space too so they can communicate to you in a free way that their patient information isn't being broadcasted to other people as well. So backdrops microphones, computers, tablets, all have to be taken into consideration right. um, while you're doing this, while you're doing this intervention. Okay. Thank you. Those are great tips. How about cats? Everybody that, loves cats. That, that, could, that could help or hurt you, right? Totally. If people love a cat, great. If not, it could be a problem. Or at least they're um, not allergic to it. If they're allergic to it, it doesn't matter, right? So that's true. Right. So pets can help or hinder. It just kind of depends. Okay. Um, okay. So We've got, let's say, now everyone has a better idea of how to set it up. And then the next question I got um, was, 
how, oh, they said, this is great. Sound isn't great. Yeah, I don't know why the sound's not great on, on Instagram, but we'll, I mean, it's going to be out on, as a podcast as well. So we'll, you'll be able to hear full sound tomorrow. Cool. Uh, at any rate, I don't know what to do. Um, I could get my earbuds, but as we just said, what if they time out on me? Um, um, fancy earbuds too. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about um, let's talk about how do you? What was it? How did? Da, 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 how, oh, how do you actually execute a session? Yeah. So once you've got somebody on the line, once you've got a patient in front of you, right? We know from our PT history and our PT exam that about 80 to 90% of your differential diagnosis occurs in the subjective. So you go back to your old way of being, you shut up and you listen to the patient, right? So you no. so this is also assuming that you're doing an evaluation via telehealth, right? So most people at this space have patients that they'll flip from brick and mortar or in person into telehealth. Mm -hmm. So that's a different beast, right? So that's follow-up, that's exercise progression. Those are obvious things, right? That you're going to show them, you're going to talk them through their progression and talk them about what they need to do next, maybe show them a few new exercises. When you're, we're, we're, what we're talking about right now is the new patient that you've never met before and what, how do you gain information to get them treated. So subjective is key, right? You need to have your differential diagnosis hat on. You need to ask the next best questions. Their intake form, you should have looked over created your hypothesis list to make sure that you have a good idea of what you're trying to discover. It's your responsibility as a provider. I know it's written in the Texas legislation that if you, if the patient is not appropriate for digital care, you have to get them to an in-person provider, right? So doing your, you still have to do your red flag screens. You still have to do your, your due diligence and your differential diagnosis to make sure the patient's appropriate, right? This is, you have to consider a digital visit to be no different than an in-person visit. You have to take every precaution that you would take um, minus taking vitals, unless the patient has their own, you know, portable vital kit, you can have them do that. But you have to take every precaution you would from an initial evaluation perspective as you would um, in a digital space. So going back to forms, you also have to have your intake form and consent to treat in there as well. That needs to be signed off as well. Right. So the, the same sort of forms that someone would have if they were coming to you or if you're like a mobile practice like me, you have them sign that initial paperwork uh, regardless of whether you're seeing them in their home, in your clinic, or or via telehealth, completely. This is okay. you, you cannot view this any differently, right? Okay. So, take having all the consent to treat forms signed, all your intake paperwork done, differential diagnosis, red flags. You know, your three tiers: are they appropriate for physical therapy? Are they a treat and refer, or are they refer? You have to have that. You have to have that hat on. Um, and so if they're presenting with sub, with symptoms that aren't musculoskeletal in presentation, uh, you need to be mindful of that and get them to the approved provider, right? So you have to be a triage at this point. So once you get through and determine they're appropriate for intervention, you have to get your thinking hat on, right? This is where, this is where things change. And as a mobile PT, I'm, I know that you've walked into somebody's house and been like, huh, how are we going to do PT in here today? Or you have to completely be a problem solver. Think about being a problem solver on steroids when it comes to digital health, right? Because you have, at least in someone's physical environment, you can see what they have available, right? If, if you were treating me right now, all you would know is I'd have a white wall behind me. You don't know what chairs I have. You don't know what equipment I have. You don't know anything that I have. So asking them about what equipment's available is important. I take all my patients, depending on what they have, if they have 
my most common thing I treat is, is back pain. So most commonly, about 20 to 40 percent of patients, uh, 20 to 30 percent of patients will fit into some type of directional preference when it comes to low back pain. So I take them through an active range of motion, um, a, a digital active range of motion to see what exacerbates or relieves their symptoms. And if and if repeated extensions and standing it relieves their symptoms, I go I well, I clear out other things, but I go right into treatment. Right. So you can use progressive movements, repeated motions right in your treatment from the get-go. Um, the same way you would do in the clinic. If someone, someone's on fire. It's New York. Keep going. Well, yeah. I don't even, I literally don't even hear it anymore. It's that's just, awesome. did with something, there's, there's an engine going off. I don't even hear it anymore. White noise. That's white noise. Yeah. yeah. So you have to go through your objective range of motion and your objective measurements, just like you would in home or in the clinic at home. Um, so knowing your physical exam and having a musculoskeletal screen is super important. So if I have somebody with radiating arm pain that I'm treating, where's my arm on my camera? If I have somebody with radiating right arm pain, I'm going to take them through cervical active range of motion. I've actually even had people do overpressure to themselves, right? To see, I've had somebody do their own spurlings to see if it's a radic. So you have to get really creative. Um, teaching someone how to do a, a UNLTTA on camera is because you have to back up, right? That's another thing. You have to have visibility and you have to have the ability to see what the patient's doing and also correct them while they're doing their motion. So I take my patients through as many physical exams that they can do on their own without, without me being present to do it. Yeah. So I think it's important to note because um, my good friend Amy Samala said, can you do this for brand new patients in your practice or is this just to be used for existing patients? So I think, Amy, I think we're covering that right now that yes, Mark is sort of taking us through how he might do an initial evaluation with someone via telehealth. Totally, totally. Now, I think we should probably circle back to billing again and payment. I think we, we yeah. We yeah, that. yeah, yeah, I think we're, yeah, let's definitely talk about that. And one other thing that I, I want to make people aware of, Mark, is how you said you want to have space. Mm -hmm. So not only you want to make sure that not only your patient has space or depth, but that you do as well totally. as a therapist, because you may need to step back to show them something and then come closer. Right. And I, I, I often, so I have a flat couch in the back. So I have this couch that's right behind me. So I actually use that. I've, push my chair out of the way and I show repeated extensions and prone. It's a six, a seven foot long couch. And I show double knees to chest and I, so I mirror exercises for patients. So you cannot do everything verbally. You can't, could you imagine telling somebody, okay, I'm going to walk you through a double, a single knee to chest with words only. It yeah. becomes extremely challenging. So you get up and you move. I just hop on the couch. I'm like, all right, so you're going to lay on your back. You'll grab both knees. You see my hands are on the outside of my knees. The knees are slightly apart. We're going to pull that all the way up until you feel a big stretch in your back. And I show them. I walk through the exercises with them. Same thing okay. with same thing with with nerve glides, right? If I'm doing a ULTT, a I'm going to say I'll bring your shoulder all the way up, like you're going to put those little uh, or ULTCC that you're going to put the little eye on, right? And then you're going to lift your elbow up and see if that changes it, mm -hmm. right? And so you have to walk them through. It's easier for them to mirror you than it is to say, okay, you need maximum shoulder flexion with external rotation, ulnar deviation, like you can't do that. Yeah, we know jargon doesn't work. Yes, you can't. And you would never say that in an in if you were face-to-face -face them, you would never just sit there with your arms folded and be like, okay, flex your arm to here, externally, like you just wouldn't do that. Yeah, you wouldn't do it. You so do I think it. it's important to know that we can still certainly um, 
been well versed in strong verbal communication in this space. Oh, that's nice from Mark. Um, yes, yeah, sorry, there was a delay. Oh, okay, so I think we're good. Um, so Amy said, yes, sorry, there is a delay. She's all the way in New Jersey. So oh, yeah. we can forgive the Jersey part. I don't have good service um, in New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I think people get an idea that, yes, this is how you can set this up. You just want to make sure that each of you have enough physical space to do everything that you want to do. Um, that, yes, you can do your initial evaluation. It's all about the subjective, in my opinion, in that initial evaluation anyway. Definitely. Um, and then once you see them for the initial evaluation, as you start progressing them, like you said, it would be like any other exercise progression. You're just not putting hands on, right. but it can be done. Definitely, definitely. If you think about the interventions that we do in the clinic that you can apply to home. So I work with people that, you know, that don't, they may not have good balance. So safety is a, is a concern in that space, right? So I tuck people in a corner. I show them what it looks like to get into a corner with a chair in front of me or in front of my couch with a chair in front of me and teach them how to do single leg stance while ha having my fingertips on the chair, right? I, you, you have to physically show people what to do so they understand it better. Um, right. And so, like you said, it's about being able to show and speak at the same time, right? Because a, a lot of the feel, like nerve tension testing, a lot of times it's, you can feel the tension before the symptoms ever get there. So you have to educate somebody that has a really angry nerve, that's a, that's a hot nerve, that say, look, we're just going to take this up until you barely feel it, right? We're just going to touch it. And then if you feel it there, you just bring it back down, right? You, you can't rely on your hands to feel that tension anymore. Not that we can reliably feel it anyway. But we want to make sure that we prime the patient for success, right? Communicate expectations. Like we're going to do some discovery today. We're going to walk through a lot of different movements to see what's happening with your body. See if we can figure out so, so ways that we can help you feel better through movement. Cause that's what ideally what we're going to do, right? We need right. to make sure that we enable patients and make them feel safe and comfortable that we're going to help them. We're going to take them through this. We just need to, we need to communicate to that. Um, this is going to be something that they should be completely comfortable with. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, now let's get to the part that everybody really wants to know about, billing. Billing, all right. So someone, uh, let's see, oh, Mark Rubenstein, hey, Mark. also from New Jersey. Jersey. Um, he had kind of some of the same questions. No, I'm nothing against New Jersey. Of I know, course, I know. I love New Jersey. Um, so he kind of had the same question I had before we went live. He said, um, but Medicare will only pay now for existing patients as per info yesterday. So this is the info, I guess, on that e-visit right. versus telehealth. So can you kind of give us, because I know just for background, Mark is uh, part of a PPS task force and he is really being updated um, a lot. And I'll let you kind of talk a little bit more about that and, and how you are helping to work the billing aspect of things and the difference between an e-visit and telehealth. Right, I'd like to first shout out to the PPS members, Ali Shoes and, uh, and Alpha, our, our lobbyists for the APTA. We are meeting for hours daily and we are, uh, so every day we have scheduled calls on this task, this COVID task force. We're pushing out content on the APTA plus the PPS site. Um, so there are 18 to 20 people that are hard at work to get, to gather information, to interpret it and then to question it and then make sure that it's legal, right? Because there's information that comes out that it's great information, but it may not be legal for us to do mm -hmm. based on practice act. So mm -hmm. there's there's a federal level, then there's the 
then there's the APTA level, then there's the state level, then there's your individual insurance level. So there's a there's so many different paradigms. It's not just a cut and dry situation. So right now, some of the biggest things that we're working on behind the scenes with this PPS task force are really are defining out what it means from Medicare as it relates to the e-visit ruling. So e-visits technically are not telehealth. Medicare is not calling these e-visits telehealth. They're calling them e-visits because they derive them from the medical, uh, from the MD coding uh, as, as a, a brief and abrupt follow-up to um, a situation where the patient is an engaged patient. So imagine somebody who may not be feeling well after seeing having a, a doctor's appointment, it's just a follow-up, it's a touch. So the e-visit codes right now can only be billed based on time. So they're cumulative time um, and they're three levels. The max level is 21 minutes to be billed one time over a week. And so you add all the time for one week and over 21 minutes is the third code and that can only be billed uh, once every, well, in seven, one time in seven days. There is a question right now about whether or not that code can be repeated the next seven days. That information has not been gotten yet. We have not had a clear answer on that. So um, please un be patient while we investigate whether or not that code can be repeated the next week. Um, so right now, currently, we are still working on whether or not now that these e-visits have come out, the question is now whether or not CMS sees us as telehealth providers, which upfront doesn't look like they do, but we still haven't gotten verbatim, we still haven't gotten the, the appropriate word from CMS whether or not we are, um, we are providing telehealth, which they said we're not, so we can assume, we're, we can't assume anything, but, so they said we're not providing telehealth, but we think they won't, they won't include us in the, as a telehealth provider, which is extremely important because if they don't consider us Medicare providers, then we can, well, I'll wait about Medicare, billing Medicare patients. We'll, we'll wait to hear what happens. I'll have to have an update on that. Okay. Um, and so right now, we are not approved providers for telehealth for Medicare. Um, and we can bill e-visits with an established patient that has to make contact through a patient portal to the provider to request their e-visit. Now, it's been clarified that you can notify a patient that they have the option of that type of care. You can tell the patient, hey, you know, we're not treating people in person, but you do have the option for an e-visit. Here's how you do it. If you choose, okay. if you were to choose to have an e-visit, you would go to this part of our, our website to our your patient portal and request a visit. So you can prime patients to go utilize that service. Um, whether or not you can only do that for one week or multiple weeks, that's in question. Okay. okay, and a patient portal is not Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, or any of the telehealth platforms. That is not a patient portal. Well, some platforms have or a portal. It? Some, okay. So it has to be a patient portal. So it has to be a place where a patient can log in and request a visit. Okay. And so we're still also waiting for a clear definition of a patient portal. Okay. Um, but for our understanding, the patient, it's a place where the patient goes to get their information or connect or message their provider. Okay. Right? So right now that's still being clarified through CMS. Okay. Okay. Um, on the other private payer front and Medicaid, well, so Medicaid is being rapidly adopted by payers all across the country, right? So we've seen, I know Louisiana is about to release uh, wording today at some point. Um, I know that I think Minnesota, I think that um, a few others have already Medicaid has already blasted that information and that are that are paired that there are approving and paying for telehealth for, for physical therapists. 
Okay. Payers on a national level are all over the place. So if you are an in-network provider, you need to call your payers and ask very specific questions. And we have people working on this across the country. Um, you have to ask them if your patient has telehealth benefits. You need to ask them if those benefits are payable to a physical therapist. So if a therapist is a PT, a paid is a payable provider of telehealth services. Okay. Three, if they need any modification codes, right? So if they, like an O2 location code modifier, right? That needs to be asked. And then what CPT codes they reimburse for. Okay. Right. So manual therapy is not going to be one, but neuro or neuro, um, Therax, Therax, um, home care, self care, all of those codes should be available. Um, okay. but it just depends on the, on the payer and the carrier. Okay. I have a, a Google Doc that we can link that I'm trying to collect that data from across the country um, so people can have open access to it um, that I can send you that link, Karen. It's on a couple of Facebook pages. Uh, but we're trying to collect that data so people can see. Um, because it, And you don't put any reimbursable fees. Don't breach your contracts. Don't talk about uh, fee for schedule but or your scheduling fees or your fee schedule. But um, just put whether or not they pay if, if it's parity. Right? Some states have parity. So here's the kicker. Parity states doesn't necessarily mean payment, right? And this is a this is a very confusing uh, a very confusing thing. So if somebody says, "Oh, we have parity in the state," so if, then then we're going to get paid equal in person as we do digitally. Just because you have parity doesn't mean a payer pays for telehealth, right? They may pay for physical therapy, but they may not pay for tele rehab, right? <sighs> yes. Check. Uh, Why can they just not make this easy? Right. So you can have parity in a state and you can have a parity law and then the payer not even pay for telehealth. Right. So there's nuance upon nuance upon nuance. And in okay. some states, some carriers have contracts with larger telemedicine providers and their members can only have telehealth through that teleprovider. And they may not have tele, they may not have telept. So then they have no telehealth physical therapy option for that payer. Does that make sense? Okay, so I'm gonna just do this like, so for example, I'm just going to take a for example and you tell me if I heard you correctly. Um, oh, one more thing. So Rena said, we were talking about the e-visits. That's all specifically for Medicare patients only, the e-visits. Yes. 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 Okay. As of now, we have we are unaware. I am unaware. <laughs> I'll say that of any a payer that's adopted the e-visit policy, okay. and okay. that's that's as of our Medicare COVID our COVID call ended at noon today. So I don't know. Okay. That may have okay. changed. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about your individual. Um, let's talk. Oh, somebody said, "Oh, Mark, can you bring your microphone closer to your mouth?" But you've got the earbuds in. Right. So I have my phone lo loose. Oh, got it. Earbuds are going to the computer, but now oh, okay. keep my your giant earbuds face. on the computer. Yeah, maybe see if you can bring the microphone closer to your mouth. But then they see my giant five head, Karen. Like, I, I mean, it's not. <laughs> How about you if I go? You know, that's fine. That's All right, fine. we'll do okay. that. We'll do that. It's fine. It's fine. Um, okay. Um, oh, so here, let me just get, ask some get some of the questions. So. Uh, Kim wants to know, she's in New Jersey also. No, wow. actually, she lives in New Jersey, but her practice is in Brooklyn. Um, how do we find out if our state has parity? So again, 
I, I will link you guys to the Center for Connected Health Policy. And I also have a link to uh, the parity in the different states. So okay. I have links to both of those that I can give you okay. that we can add to this. Yeah, we um, can maybe put, the, put that in the comments under this Facebook, under the live here. So where and so the, the commercial parody book is only 150 pages of nice, easy, light reading. Um, where should I go for Facebook live? Um, just go if you go to my page, just go to me. And then you can put it in. You'll see you'll see us. You can put it in the comment section or we could put it in the comment section when we're done with the live. We can add it in as well. Oh, there we are. All right. So I'm dropping it in. the. Yep, You can drop it in right now, too. So there's the parody laws. Here is the fact sheet on the up to date. This is a live document on what's happening in the world right now um, as far as uh, telehealth policies and procedures across the country. So those two documents should have a lot of information. But here's the kicker. Just because the state has a parity law doesn't mean that, that, that the payers have a policy that reimburses telept. Right. So parity, and, and just to be very clear, parity means because you, you can uh, do telehealth because you see them in person. So it's like... No, so parity only means parity only means payment. So parity means if they have a parity law and they both reimburse for inpatient physical therapy and for telehealth benefits, they pay equal. Say that again. If the, if the, if a payer say let's let's say Blue Cross Blue Shield, if that if that patient has a Blue Cross Blue Shield policy and they have uh, physical therapy benefits and they have telehealth benefits that a physical therapist can provide, they pay equal. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's the same face to face as the same. So because a lot of insurance is seventy five percent or fifty percent of in person versus it. digital. So it's literally a payment equality clause. I see. Okay. Right. Okay. But you have to call Blue Cross Blue Shield because they may not actually that patient's policy might not include telehealth. Right. And then even if they have a parity law, you're not getting paid for it. Got it. Right. I got it. It's so I'm confusing, it. right? It's so okay. confusing. Kim, I hope that my inability to understand helped you. <laughs> um, uh, da, 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 da. Can hear Mark fine on Facebook. Oh, Devra Joy Sheldon, she said, is there a particular language that needs to be included in the documentation? So when we document the visit, how? so let's say we know how to set it up, we have the visit, how do we document it? Right. So you typically document it as a telehealth visit. So there's no, you, your billing will code it with an O2 location modifier, but you need to denote specifically that it was a digital visit. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's so funny because we just got a question on what's the location coding for telehealth and you just answered it. O2. Boom. O2. Perfect. So Abby, I hope that that helps you. Um, uh, and da, 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 uh, can we skip insurance and just bill cash or has this new e-health stuff messed that up? So that's unsure right now. So the e-visit has, it's not considered telehealth by early information. It's not considered to be telehealth. We are still not telehealth providers by Medicare. So that should not impact that. That's my, that's my personal. Okay uninformed or relatively informed uh, opinion. Please don't take that to anybody else. We're still discovering that. Okay. Um, and private payers still 
do not are not adopting that yet that we've heard of. Um, and so you should, if you are currently billing or having people pay cash and they and they do not have coverage, then you should be able to continue doing that. Does that make sense? Okay. Right. I mean, you need to check your contract language. The, where we get sticky is, is this considered a non-covered service by a policy? Right. So this is where the sticky, sticky comes in. Okay. Is telehealth considered physical therapy just delivered in a different manner, not a non-covered service? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that opinion varies. And so um, if it's a non-covered service per Medicare, you could, they can, you can charge cash for that service. Right. And so, and that also applies to other payers, correct? Mm -hmm. So if, if your payer has a policy that considers telehealth to be reimbursable by PTs, you wouldn't be able to pay, have them pay cash. Yeah. For that. Got it. But if your individual patient's insurance does not cover telehealth, right. then can you charge the patient cash? I'm not a healthcare attorney. Um, but we're doing that. Where, is, where the heck? I know she's on here somewhere. <laughs> Who, who's where, our health Erin Jackson. I know she's watching. I saw her log on. Come on, Erin um, Jackson. Answer that question for me. Erin, answer that question, please, in the comment section if you're still watching. Um, if not, maybe we can ask her or Kara Gaynor um, through the APTA might be able to answer that question. Totally. So, again, that question is if Erin's still watching, is um, if your patient's specific policy does not cover telehealth. Again, we'll use Blue Cross Blue Shield. So they have Blue Cross Blue Shield. They do not cover telehealth. Can you charge cash to that patient if they don't have it covered on their policy? That is a good question. Okay, great I, question. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, I mean, I. I think I know what my answer would be, but I cannot speak as an. No, we don't want to. Yeah, we, we don't want to give out any information. false information to anyone or misleading information. So maybe yeah. that's something we can ask Kara Gaynor. I, I think she's on Twitter. Um, maybe she can answer that. Or if Aaron is still listening, maybe she can pop that into right. the comment section at some point. So we love having cool. amazing people that are listening that can help. Yeah, exactly. Group yeah. effort here. Exactly. Um, that's what it's taking because this is a. This is a madhouse right now when it comes to legislation and information. So it's all over the place. And apparently, so yeah, it's just all over the place. We can't, yeah. um, information that was, or I did hear that um, some of the bigger things for Rhode Island and for Pennsylvania this morning, that um, the, gover the governor assigned legislation that would um, massively uh, well, require all payers to pay all providers for telehealth. All right. Yeah. Way so, to go, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. And so one other big question that comes up is location. Yes. For these, for, these uh, for for billing, right? And so the word from CMS is the 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 um, POS code is the location of the billing practitioner. So in the case where remote services um, are rendered, uh, it does not matter where the corporate address of the billing provider is either, nor does it matter what the beneficiary's address. It matters where the services was rendered. That is where the biller is located. Okay. All right. So okay. when that happens. So can you put that into like example? So when that happens, let's say, yes. Yeah, so if you are 
New York has parity, right? Or you got no, you guys have compact privileges, right? Correct? No, we don't have compact. You don't, you don't? I thought you did. No. So, so let's say you're a large provider and you have multiple states that you are in charge of or that or multiple states that you treat patients in and you're billing Medicare, that the 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 service and the and the billing and the, the service location code um, is the place where the provider is located. I see. So like, for example, if we use something like Athletico, mm -hmm. like a big gigantic company, or maybe um, someone like, I think Michelle Colley has some places in uh, Rhode Island. I think she has one in Massachusetts, right. but the, the headquarters is in Rhode Island. So if you're a therapist in their Massachusetts office, you're using Massachusetts. No, you're using wherever you are and delivering the code delivery. Wherever you are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, and then Michelle uh, Townshend said, how does this work with EHRs? Yeah, so EHRs. So she, it, it, looking at a separate telehealth provider from our EHR who also does our billing. Right. So um, EHRs, there's only a handful of EHRs in the physical therapy space that offer uh, telehealth as a part of the platform. I think PT Everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. Is a platform that has a that has it built yeah. in, um, and uh, um, Self Doc is another uh, ER EHR that'll be live in in the next couple of weeks. They'll have a platform within six weeks, um, but most of them are standalone, uh, freestanding. So you just have to find the best system that are set up that can work simultaneously with your other systems. There's really no way to um, unless the company has an integration with your EHR, which EHRs don't like to integrate with people because that's patient data and it's a it's a whole hot mess. So most of these are just freestanding side by side. So you'll have your EHR on one side and your in your camera on the other. So you just do and that's what I did with Anywhere Healthcare. It's just basic connection so you can document everything ever any, uh, somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then Devra says, "Mark, my state has parity related to my hospital being FQHC." I do not know what that means. Mm. Um, any insight on that? So what does FQHC mean? Any thoughts? If not, maybe uh, she can. It's a federally qualified health center. Federally, okay. So they have parity. I don't think I understand the question. Yeah. In my, my state has parity related to my hospital being FQHC. Oh. Any insight on that? Oh, good. So she, oh. She said they have parity. Yeah, they have par has parity. Yeah, I'm unsure on that. That has to parity is uh, I've I linked that doc into the live on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. I have to look up parity by state and by organization. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me. Uh, we already so I'm just kind of what paperwork do we need? We talked about that. Um, Oh, what if you're not a Medicare provider? Cash. All right. Um, what, uh, da, da, da. Oh, we are using G Suite and Doxy.me. <coughs> this is from uh, Kelly Dugan, I think. Yeah. But haven't started officially yet. We have an ABN, mm -hmm. and I want it to have liability form as well. Yes. So those liability forms, that's something that we can that you can maybe share also on this link here and people can make it their own. Is yeah, that what I'm, you mean by liability? Like the patient has to sign off on saying, yes, I'm okay with having telehealth. 
Is that question for me? Yeah, I would assume yeah. that's what she's saying. Yeah. So okay. I'll I'll create a I'll create a Google Drive folder and drop a link in to the chat. Okay. <coughs> After we get and then the one other we got two other questions. Uh so to clarify for service location code. Mm -hmm. So that you said that is that like the O2 code? Right. Okay. If I or any of my PTs are in their own home while telehealth with patient, is she using her home address? Oh, that I can't answer that. I haven't okay. gotten. Yeah, that would be a, a billing question. Um, that hasn't been brought up, but I we have a meeting tomorrow morning and I'll okay. ask that question. All right, Kimmy, we'll get to that. Right, because then, some people are saying the PTs can just stay home and bill from their, but Medicare has specific guidelines on um, origination sites. And mm -hmm. I don't know if origination sites apply to e-visits versus telehealth. That's okay. a great question. Okay. Do origination sites, do originations, I'm writing it down so we can ask this, do origination sites apply to e-visits? Yeah. Because that's, that's a game changer too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, she said, sorry, meant to say service location. So to clarify, for service location address, if I or any of my PTs are in their home while doing telehealth, do they use their home address or does she use her address? So Kim, like yeah. I said, lives in New Jersey, <laughs> right. has her practice in Brooklyn. So that's a really good question. So Kim, maybe we can get back to you with that answer. And is she a um, Medicare provider? Kim, are you a Medicare provider? I think so. We'll see. We're on like a 20 second delay. Yeah. So uh, I'll ask, I'll ask service location for mm -hmm. employees versus brick and mortar versus mobile provider. Yeah. Perfect. And then um, Sarah Katman says, if you are licensed in more than one state, but only practice in a single state, can you only do telehealth in the state you practice in or can you do telehealth telehealth in all <laughs> states you are licensed in? Yeah, so that's where it comes to state rules and regs. And yeah, so everywhere that you have a, a re practice reciprocity or you have a license in other states, as long as they you are allowed legally to practice telehealth in that state, yes, you can practice telehealth in that state. Okay. I mean, it's but you have to set you have to make sure to abide by the rules and regs when it comes to our uh, the licensure compact of the rules and regs of the state that the patient abides in or they live in, right? Because that's just compact language. Um, so like I can do telehealth in Missouri, but they don't have direct access. So I would still have to have direct access for, I'd have to have a referral for that patient if I wanted to I do telehealth in Missouri, right? So like- For example. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, so we have to um, make sure that you abide by the laws of the state that the patient resides in. But yes, you can do telehealth across the country. That's the beautiful thing about the compact, right? Compact allows for us to uh, practice across this country with uh, with little with without a lot of um, without a lot of uh, restraint or not restraint, but a lot of challenge. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're at about an hour, which is as long as I think people's attention spans are, and I think yeah. as long as we have, and apparently as long as Instagram will go live. Because it's it's not. So um, 
if anyone has any other questions, please, you can keep adding them into this feed here and um, we'll try and get to them as, as best we can. Yeah. Um, thank you, Mark, for dropping that stuff into, dropping those links in here. And again, we'll get um, some of the, the onboarding paperwork mm -hmm. um, from you and maybe you can drop it in here as well, or you can point us to maybe where it's been put in other Facebook, um, uh, Facebook links. But it, uh, yeah, everybody, you're welcome. You're welcome. And Mark, thank you so much. This was um, above and beyond, I think, what you had to do. Um, but I think we all appreciate you so much because we're in a time where there's a lot of uncertainty and uh, telehealth is at least a way to, one, keep our patients healthy and moving, and two, kind of keep our practices going as best we can in these times because we don't know, um, uh, we don't know What's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think, it, I think as a profession, we need to remain calm and PT on, right? Like there's a lot of things happening right now. Um, there's yeah. going to be, um, the, the future is unknown for us as a healthcare profession. All I do know is that it's going to be changed on the other end. Yeah. This will no longer be an exception to the rule. This will be an expected uh, method of care. Uh, people will, will now grow to understand that digital health is a real opportunity um, in every aspect, not just in, in telemedicine. So um, I think if I can say uh, one final thing is just be prepared to adopt this and, and, and set up your systems for the long game, not for this short immediate, even though the immediate needs to happen. Um, we have things in place like the waiver for using the different platforms just to make it happen while it is, but mm -hmm. set your practice up, set your systems up for a long game to provide digital care to your patients um, because that's where we're going to go. Part of it is. So, yeah. Awesome. But be patient with each other, love each other, um, be kind, and uh, wash your hands. Wash your hands and don't touch your face. Wash yourself. And, and, be, yeah, and be mindful of the people. If you're still, if your offices are still open, be mindful of the people coming into your office. If you are a home health therapist, be mindful of the people that you're, um, that you're going to be treating because they may be in that vulnerable population. And because we there's so much that we don't know, just be very mindful of how you're doing that. And utilizing telehealth is a great way to uh, have that extension of care for our patients. So Right. And feel free to reach out to me, marketanywhere.healthcare. I'm here as a resource. I'm trying to be as available as I can. I have to go to the bathroom occasionally. Um, or drink some water, or eat some food, but I'm trying to, to be as available as I can in order awesome. to uh, help help us transition and get through this, navigate this time. That's the yeah. as a All right, well, Mark, thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. You've got, it. You've got everything there. Check out, mm -hmm. also check out Mark's platform, anywhere.healthcare. Mm -hmm. um, I'll happy to give a plug for that, of course. Um, and thank you so much. I yeah, really cool. appreciate us as everyone else on this, on this call. So thank you. Beautiful, thank you. Okay. Bye, Bye, Karen. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.